Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us for this exciting episode. Uh, <laughs> every episode's exciting, but before we dive in, saying hey to James Ross, lead pastor here at Church on Bayshore. You doing all right, buddy? Yeah, I'm very much in anticipation of why you think this episode is particularly exciting. I don't know. I just, you know, you have to overhype things. I you guess. think it's because I, I'm a little under the weather and you're... my voice sounds deeper and more radio <laughs> A little more, uh, you're just a little more introspective today. Yeah, We're going to get yeah. deep, dive in deep. But before we dive in deep and get muddy, you doing okay besides <laughs> yeah. not feeling great. And yeah, like yeah. You. you know, it's just, uh, there's usually like a spring time this happens and a fall time this happens. It's and the it change the of weather. Middle. Yeah, it's the change of weather where it's, you know, cold in the morning or cool in the mornings yeah. and warm in the afternoons and stuff's blowing in and everything. Everybody's snotting and sneezing. Snotting and sneezing. Snotting That's and good. Sneezing. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, man, uh, anticipation in the fall festival tomorrow night. Yeah, That's going to be so a big fun. deal. And, um, you know, uh, flag football playoffs, coaching Coming flag up. football next week. Yeah. And, uh, man, what an exciting Sunday it was. Praying over three. Yeah, this is pretty out. exciting. This is, it's a, a busy month, uh, you know, for engagement, for missions engagement. One, again, fall festival happening, having a lot of people on our campus, but sending out a disaster relief team to serve in South Florida. With Hurricane Ian, uh, and then sending a team uh, to New Orleans to serve, uh, and then a team right now is currently in Monterey, Mexico, yeah. serving uh, with back-to-back ministries with uh, our global missionaries Jacob and Christina Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I know they're having a great time together, serving uh, and and just serving the kids that they they minister to the, on their campus and in the community. So. It's pretty exciting. We prayed for them. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, you know, but let's talk about this. That leads us into our topic for the day. Does prayer even matter? So we prayed over them, but why do we pray? I mean, Jesus tells us to, but if God knows everything, mm. why does he mm. ask us to pray? And what do our prayers actually do? So mm. I think- um, Before well, you, you answer- Before I say anything- And I'm going somewhere with this. Go. I didn't ask you how you were doing. I am, you know, it is the middle of October yeah. and it's the same, man. It's just, um, things are going okay. Well, I good. Think, uh, I think yeah. we're doing okay. Okay. You know, every direction, it's all good. You know, I asked. Why do you ask? Because I care about you. Oh, do you pray for did me? Did it really change anything? Did are you talking to me about the, that? No, it did not. I did but not I, speak but, anything but, into existence. I want there to be this level of intimacy for lack of a better word. Yeah. That sounds relationship. A yeah. And- <laughs> That's a big, if not the biggest reason we're praying is to have that intimacy with God, something he desires Mm. and something that is good for us. Yeah. I think that was a great segue, man. Man, Way to go. I tried. You just thought through that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It is. You know, I think fundamentally you're right. Prayer is about relationship. Uh, God is, you know, immovable. We don't, we don't change God. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. The one who was Jesus, the one who is, the one who is to come, uh, who will always be. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> he does tell us to pray. Yeah. And we know that God does work through our prayers. Right. I think that's a little bit of the, the bogginess, a little bit. I, I yeah. just always say like, this is the mystery of God. Mm, like God mm. does know everything. Mm. And, um, you know, I was having this conversation with our kid who was like, why do we have to pray about that? Like God already knows what's going to happen. It's like, well, um, but like God does know everything mm-hmm. and we don't know how God's will works and his plans work, but he tells us to pray and God does work in our prayers. So how do you know mm-hmm. if God's plan to do what he was already going to do was because of 
this prayer that he mm. knew you were going to pray because his spirit's in you, moving right. you, and it, it, all of that just points back to relationship and intimacy with him. Yeah, I mean, you said the word mystery, and I think that's you know the the key here is that. Uh, there is a mystery, and I think we need to realize when we try to explain these mysteries, you know, mysteries even an oversimplification, mm-hmm. but you know that we're we're going to fall short, or we're not going to fully, you know, hit the target whenever we start explaining mysteries. But um, what what is clear, you know, is that we are called to pray, and what is clear is that. Jesus told us we pray to our father, you know, and, and so I think we do need to, I want to reiterate that. I think we need to think about the, a good father and their child Mm -hmm. and the relationship they have and, um, or good parent and their child and we, the relationship they have where there's a security, um, there's a trust, there's a willingness to obey. Uh, there's, you know, a, a, a willingness to listen, a willingness to be vulnerable. I think that that is the biggest thing. And, and, and it's, it is a mystery and isn't a mystery like that empowers us, mm. you know, as believers, I, I think that I'm not always a good dad, but you know, when I'm being a good dad and those conversations always. happen with my children, I think it empowers them to live more confidently, securely, uh, peacefully. And I think that multiply that kind of times a gazillion bajillion, you know, made up number there. And <laughs> I like that. that's how what, many zeros does that have? That's what prayer is. And I do think sometimes it's like, we talk out, we talk out, we talk and, and we hear ourselves talk. Like I talked to you about something I'm like, Oh, you say it out loud and you're like, Oh, that makes, yeah. that doesn't yeah. sound. Yeah. Exactly. And thanks for listening, you know, like, uh-huh. and I think that is part of prayer, but we do also need to be willing to say, Hey God, what are you trying to tell me? You know? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, as you're saying that in relationship, it made me think of, you know, like uh, while I was uh, in India, like I could, there were times I could like video chat with my my family and that's great, like a great way to communicate. Mm. Uh, praise mm. God, you know, it helps the gap, the, the distance not seem so far. And, you know, we've got people who are here who deploy all the time, who TDY, who are overseas and they're able to stay in touch somewhat. But it's not the same as right. when you see each other face to face. It's just different. And I think that's yeah. in prayer is that like, it's aligning our hearts with God and that mm-hmm. you know, his spirit's alignment in us. And the, the, you know, the Holy spirit is bringing our hearts into alignment right. in this relationship with the <clears throat> father. Um, there's no substitute for that. Right. Uh, so I want to ask this question of you and I'll answer it myself too, but why do you think uh, people in general struggle so much in prayer and whether it's seeing the importance of prayer or just actually praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, and again, just tagging off of something you said, and uh, I'll go back to the sermon I preached when I preached on the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus praying. And he, you know, he yield, he asked the Father to change the circumstance, but he says, yet yeah, not what I will, but what you will. And I said, the ultimate goal of prayer is our submission to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't oh. remember exactly how the serenity prayer goes. Do you? Know that oh, you, you kind of are me. chicken soup yeah. for the Christian soul. <laughs> Please, uh, uh, something like God grant me the wisdom to something see the, the things that can change or can. Yeah, the comfort you know, to the distance. And there's footsteps in the sand and all that. (laughs) And that's where I was on your back getting a piggyback ride. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's It's like wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Give me the courage to change the things I can, the peace to, you know, accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. There you go. And I do think that's a great statement. Uh Like, I think that's a lot of what prayer is, is it's just going in and asking God, Hey, how can we change this? And then he's not just like going to magically like wave a wand and change it. He wants, he wants, he has, 
If you read the Bible, like mm-hmm. he has desired that people are saved through the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. He's desired that he's glorified through the praise of him. He's desired that people needs are met mm-hmm. through his hands and feet. Like we have to centrally understand God acts through his people. He's chosen to involve us in that. And so what can we do about whatever it is we're praying about? But ultimately, like right. we're going to do what we can, but we do recognize sometimes God's ways are, well, all the time, God's ways are higher than our ways. And so it's not going to change. It's not going to work the way A plus B isn't going to equal the C we think it should. Mm-hmm. And so we're just at peace. And so I think I think that's the first thing I would say uh, is that we have to be just at peace with the will of God, which means we're willing to do the will of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another aspect of of struggling in prayer is pride. Uh, yeah, thinking I can't, it, it is all up to me. And then the flip side of that is no, it's it's all up to God and I'm not responsible for anything. So you had those extremes where people, and that, that cynicism, you know, both are kind of a cynic, you know, like a heart where it's like, I have to do everything because what's God actually going to do? I'm the one here. And then the other part is like, well, why even pray? Because God's just going to do what he's going to do. Um, and I think our pride is in the way there because uh, we think we got this or we think, well, I don't, you know, I don't have to do this. And I just think my struggle and my own personal struggle in prayer sometimes is just focus. You yeah. know, like, how do I stay focused? And here's what I've learned. Like my mind racing, pray about what it's racing towards right, and right. then bring it back into mm-hmm. alignment. And then I think another uh, aspect is that we hear people pray. And when we hear people pray, we're hearing like them pray publicly because you can't hear someone pray quietly. And we tend to say things in a way publicly that yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah. And so we mm-hmm. think that's how mm-hmm. I should be praying. Or you see people who are just like intensely praying and you're like, I, I should be like that. And, and, and Jesus is like, no, this is how you pray. Like yeah. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus very simply, you know, gives us a framework for how to pray, you know, what we call the the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> and he begins with, you know, Father Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does he say next? Your kingdom come, yeah. your will be done. And that is the heart of prayer, like aligning right. our hearts to that. And I think what we're trying to do so oftentimes is prayer is like, here's what I want, God. God, align your heart to mine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Getting back to your original question here about, you know, why do people struggle in prayer is I do think, you know, I, I think about my children, like the conversation I have with my children. Again, I think all of this comes back to a, a father with their child. You know, my younger children, if they need something, it, it's 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 very simple. It's like they need something. They tell me what they need. I either say yes or no. You know, th- they don't really understand the why. They don't even understand, like, should they have asked me that, you know, but that idea of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as as it is in heaven. And Jesus is teaching us to pray that. Well, I would challenge you that if you haven't learned the scriptures, Mm, you don't know, then you don't know his will. And, and, and that's okay when you're a baby believer, but as you grow in faith, like you should be somebody in the scripture. And I would say that there are examples in the scripture of people praying the scripture. And I found the most profound way to pray is open up the word, Mm. then pray that. Yeah. You know, bring to God the things you're 
wrestling with, but also think about how does the scripture connect here? I think, I think that is an important part and it begins to change our prayer life when we are people who know the word. Yeah. I think that is a, a great tool right there. Pray the word. And I wanted to ask this question, you know, what are some practical ways? So I, I if someone comes to us, comes to you, it's like, Hey, I'm just struggling with prayer. What yeah. can I do? Like, what would you say? I think what you just said right there is, is key number one, like pray the start with praying the word and and for you want to give an example i'm, I'm going to give an example because i think sometimes we say pray the word people are like what it literally is like you study the bible you read a passage and then you just pray it back and you're like you know this is john 15 you know i'm the true vine my father is a vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit takes away so praying this back would be like lord you are the true vine mm -hmm. you you know you are you are you are bearing, you are wanting me to bear fruit. So every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, take it away. Show mm -hmm. me what that is. And so it's just that, that, that gentle, like just turning the words and saying, Lord, I'm praying this back to you and asking you to work in me through your word. That is, that is a great way to begin that whole renewal of the mind, transforming the mind. Um, second is, is I, I, I tend to start with, I think of concentric circles. You know, I start with like, God, you got to work in my heart yeah. and I need you to change me your kingdom come, your will be done, and then kind of grow it out from there to the, those immediately around me, praying for family, praying for church, community, friends, and then just needs around me because I just get so distracted in prayer. Right. And I find that I personally have a hard time sitting still for mm -hmm. a long stretch of time. I'll pray for you about that, Justin. Please do, because I, yeah. I, I want to grow in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I do. It is a, Part of it is, it is a discipline. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes we think this should just be this natural thing. Yeah, and, and, and it will grow, but you have to train to that. It's just like in other things, we, we train in godliness and we want to train in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just really come back to Jesus teaching us how to pray. I mean, you know, first he said, don't mm -hmm. pray with meaningless repetition. Your father already knows what you need. Like, so, you know, it's certainly not us trying to impress God, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and you will see this modeled well, uh, oh, sorry, poorly amongst people. I mean, you got the guy who's, you know, the, the, the King James prayer, right? Like it doesn't <laughs> talk like that. I've talked about it before. Like I was in a church one time and this guy was the most redneck guy, you know, and then he'd be asked to pray for the offering. He's like, yeah, man, y'all go down and they're like, Hey brother, you know, Chris, that wasn't his name, but you know, we pray for the offering. He's like, our father whose glorious <laughs> radiant glorious beams doth. And we're like, what? What are you doing? So you got that guy, you got the passionate, you know, charismatic, who's like, Father God, Father God, we just ask Father Fa God, Father. That you, you know. And then you got the like, you know, modern spiritual millennial who's like, Daddy, <laughs> Papa, <laughs> Papa God, yeah, you know. You know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got all, all, all those. All I mean, things. I could keep having some fun yeah. here, but I think it, it's just, you know, I'm coming to my dad and I'm talking to my dad who is holy. Like I'm acknowledging his holiness. Mm -hmm. So that starts there. He's on the throne. I'm not. I think repentance has to be involved then yeah. if we're truly seeing holiness. I'm, I'm aligning with your will. So how do I, what do I know your will about mm -hmm. this? If not, I need to go dig into your will, right. you know. And, you know, there's forgive us as we forgive our trespassers. So I'm remembering, you know, I need to be, make things right with people. There's lead me not in temptation, but protect me from evil. The recognition of constantly falling. Uh, there's, you know, give us this daily bread, not give us all the dough, you know, so we could go to Cancun, but like give us our daily <laughs> bread. I'm not saying you can't go to Cancun, but we're really not praying about that. Like, don't pray about that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, all, all those things, you know, that he's he's saying there, like, are really about provision and protection, and ultimately, so that God would be glorified. And I, I just, I think it is, 
it's that simple and it's deep and it's not complex. Um, and I, and I think if we, and I would just encourage you, if you are struggling in your prayer life, read through the Lord's prayer mm. and start praying like yeah. with that in mind. Agreed. As you were saying that, I was like, man, we actually could do like a series on prayer and all we the, could. all the things that, uh, people ask about prayer or, um, or just things you don't have to pray about yeah. because like, yeah, should I, should I show love? Yeah. Should I share the gospel? Well, you know, but, but it all comes back to, we are aligning our hearts with the Lord. And, you know, the book of James says he, he likes wisdom, ask the Lord who gives generously without finding fault. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so, so much of prayer mm -hmm. is That's we good. are just saying, Lord, give me wisdom. And then there are times when like, you're going to pray about something. And you're not going to know, even after you pray, what no, you should do. And you're just called to walk faithfully mm -hmm. with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he will He will lead you. He will establish mm -hmm. your paths. And I mm -hmm. do think even in praying for wisdom and following the Lord wholeheartedly, he will lead us to places where uh, we may even make the wrong decision, but his grace is sufficient yeah. uh, because he's trying to show us just I, how sufficient his grace is. The only thing I would add is, and there's much we could talk about for years, you know, on this, but like, is we're supposed to pray in Jesus's name mm. because the only reason we wretched sinners yeah. can approach a Holy father yep. is because of the blood of Christ. That's right. And so I think we need to, I think like, we're not really praying the right way if we're not thinking about like mm -hmm. that, you know, in view of the, the mercies only reason of God. we can come before him is because we were washed, you know, scripture tells us we can approach the throne of grace with confidence and not because we are confident people because Jesus has mm -hmm. washed us clean. And that, Amen. that makes us confident Amen. because we're washed clean. So uh, if you've got more questions about prayer, or just a specific aspect of prayer that you want us to talk about, uh, please let us know, send us a message. So we're going to uh, talk about some questions we've received, uh, first question is this, how do we know if someone is broken over Ooh, their yeah, sin? Right. Yeah, that was um, in response to a sermon a couple of weeks ago when I talked about Peter being broken over his yeah. sin versus Judas. Mm, that's what a great question. I think uh, a couple of things uh, you usually can't tell immediately. Yep, that's a good point. Good <laughs> because uh, tears do not equal brokenness. Uh, mm. They can be the result of brokenness mm. for sure. Uh it is, do you see a pattern of repentance? Do you see faithfulness over time? And then do you see fruit? Uh, do you see fruit of the brokenness of their sin? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Many of us uh, are initially sorry uh, for our sin, but not necessarily broken over mm -hmm. our sin. Yeah. And to be broken over our sin is is really the, our only plea is to be like Peter who who runs to Jesus and Jesus mm -hmm. meets him and restores him instead of running from him. That was in that sermon. Uh, uh, and yeah, I don't know. What would you add to that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that Esau is a great example of someone who's crying, but he's not really repentant. And sorry for what he lost. Yeah, he's sorry for what he lost. And I do think a lot of times, yeah, and and that's appropriate to be yeah. sorry for what you lost. Uh, but and God can use what we like that to bring us in. Yeah, I would say maybe that's a secondary motivator. Mm -hmm. But I think recognizing uh, in Psalm fifty-one when David says, you know, against you and you only have I sinned to God, like. He clearly sinned against a lot of other people, Uriah, Bathsheba, his, you know, mm. I mean, wives, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there needs to be that recognition of like, man, I've really not trusted God in this. And and you're right. I'm, I, I think if we know somebody well, we might be a little better at discerning if they're broken. Mm. Um, and if we've had experience with counseling, we might be a little better at experience, you know, recognizing when someone's broken. I, I 
I'm, I'm not, but I also rec, so I am pretty good at this just cause in the role I'm in, I've seen the difference, mm. but I'm also, I mean, I'm not an expert, like, right. you know, and I've had to say time no. will tell, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. That's how and it always ends. Time and will that, tell. And, and Jesus even said about his disciples, those who, you know, endure to the end will be saved, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus wasn't saying like, Hey, you know, you could lose your salvation. He's saying like, we'll see time will tell. I mean, that was, you know, Jesus way of yeah. saying that. So I, I, I think that, um, yeah, I just, I I would say that, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but at the same time, it's not my job to make you prove it to me. Right, because you you can't. You yeah, know, you know that doesn't mean I trust you mm-hmm. if you've really hurt. And different levels of sin create right. a different level of trust. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not like prove it to me. Right. You but know, you're walking. Yeah. You're, but you do walk with people through yeah. this and you do support and pray and hold accountable. But like you said, you can't be like, you got to do all this stuff because even that can just be checking off boxes and not true brokenness. Yeah. It can be, I, I, oh, I see now. I mean, you see this a lot in counseling, like if you marriage counseling, it's like, oh, if I just start doing these four things, then my right. marriage will be safe. Oh, I've seen that all the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's like, well, yeah. You'll have a better marriage, but you're still not restored in your relationship because the trust isn't there. And it just takes, it takes time. And that is, that's bottom line. It's just, it's going to take time. Yeah. I mean, behavior modification, you know, is not what we're looking for. Behavior modification can help specifically in traumatic situations, you know, certainly help people to kind of function healthily and think clearly. But at the end of the day, like, you see this in rehabilitation programs all the time. Like there's instant behavior modification, environment mm-hmm. change, but the issue hasn't been resolved, you know? Um, and so I think, you know, that might take a long time, uh, you know, but, but at the same time, like, and this is not really the question, but there's the, pro- there's the protection of all the other people involved. So like, these recovery programs or houses, like they have rules and you have to stay those. That's not necessarily because of you. That's because of the other people We're protecting the other people. And so I'd also say with like, you know, someone who maybe commits, you know, um, you know, child molestation or just crosses a line there, like, okay, uh, we're actually going to, it's not that we don't believe you're sincere, but for the protection of other people right. and just how this it's is when we just be. this is just gonna, gonna how it, how it's gonna yep. be. Um, because we can't trust you in this way based on your propensity to do that in the past. And so I, I think like I think when we recognize as the one who's been offended, it's okay to put up barriers of protection for myself or mm-hmm. barriers of protection for right. others who won't do that. That's not unloving. But to also say, Hey, I sincerely am willing to forgive you and believe the best for you. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's okay. And that creates the best environment for somebody to to heal. I would say if somebody's pushing you past those boundaries, they're probably not truly repentant and right. humbled by yeah, their just, just trust me. Why don't you trust me yet? Why right. don't you trust me yet? Or yeah. why, why do I have to do? And it just takes time, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, in marriage counseling specifically, yes. you know, I have... Definitely encounter a lot of young people who are like, she doesn't trust me. I'm like, you might, it might take you 10 years. Yes. Mm -hmm. It might take you five years. Mm -hmm. Again, she shouldn't be like, you better do this. You better do this. Right. But that's, it's, 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 it's boggy. Yeah, exactly. Because even in those things, she may, or he may trust you again, but it will probably, if you wrote, especially trust broken in several specific ways, it may always be a struggle to trust. Yeah. It may always be something that they have to work through because of what's happened. So you know what this caused me to long for? 
causes me to long for is the justice of God. Because he sees he knows the depths of every heart. Yep. He knows why we're doing what we're doing. He, even he, better than we know why we're doing He knows the person who has manipulated people yeah. by saying sorry all their life. Mm-hmm. And he knows the person who's genuinely broken over their sin and society yeah. didn't give a chance. Yep. Absolutely. And it'll all be made right. It will be made right. Come on. New heavens, new earth. That's right. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you got follow-up questions on that, let us know. Second question, probably the last question for today is, what do we think about Governor Gavin Newsom <laughs> using a love your neighbor mm. as an appeal to permit abortion? And then John MacArthur and many others uh, response to him. So background, very quickly, governor of the state of California, uh, you know, very uh, much pushing uh, for, you know, legalized abortion and to the point where he and uh, other political uh, entities in the state of California have actually taken out ads in other states, uh, specifically ads in uh, southern states like Alabama, Mississippi, saying, hey, you know, states where there are more restrictive abortion laws and who are, you know, uh, pushing those. And uh, am I allowed to add one more context in Gavin Gavin Newsom? Go ahead. And he's just a tool. Yeah. I mean, am I allowed to say that? (laughs) You can say that. Okay. You know, it definitely. That's not political. That's just just like, you can just, you can. Yeah. Okay. Most politicians kind of can fall in that category. Not all, but. uh, Not like a tool to be used for the glory of God. No, well, well no. he is. Uh, everybody is. But okay, keep but going. But they're taking out ads keep and saying context, like, hey, yeah. you know, Mississippi, uh, you know, you need an abortion. California is here to help. Uh, yeah. And they're using <clears throat> the scripture of love your neighbor as yourself yeah. as an appeal to permit right. this. So right. let's talk about that. Well, what do we, the question was, what do we think? What do I think? <laughs> like, but worse than that, uh, using that as an appeal for that is, man, they're twisting the word of God. Um, for that is an abomination, honestly. Yeah. Um, so two things about that. One, it just shows how weird America is. <laughs> yeah. Like we're this weirdly Bible connected still, like we're like, oh, we don't need God. But like so much of our ideology of mm-hmm. love is rooted in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, even non-believers, you yeah. know, like just because America's heritage. Mm-hmm. So it shows how weird we are. It also emphasizes the importance of being doctrinally sound because many professing believers create the opportunity for us to use the Bible in such a way Mm. because many professing believers do the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. And so what, you know, we're using the Bible as support for our views versus what is Jesus? What does God really say? So I think, you know, about that, obviously, like you said, it's an abomination. It's just trash that Mm. they would put that up. Um, you know, it's just taking such great liberty with the scripture and it's just so weird. Yeah. I, you know, it is, it's a, I mean, I'm not an easily offended person at all. Uh, but that's like, just when you read that, there's something in you that's just like offended, but not like person, but just like, I'm just want him to see the truth. And, uh, and many people who are deceived, uh, and thinking, and I, I, you know, whether or not, I don't know that he's genuinely believes that this is what Jesus, or whether it's just more of a, a stab, you know, yeah. it's just like, hey, I'm going to weaponize this because it's just as a, it's a, a snarky kind of, and that I, I feel like it's kind of a snarky. Well, I, I think at best he's trying to appeal to the largest segment of our American population, which mm. do believe in the God of the Bible. Right. I'm not saying they're practicing, but right. whether they're form, Catholic, yeah. whether mm. they're evangelical, whether they're mainline. And so he's saying like, Hey, isn't this why we should do this? Because doesn't your scripture say, 
But I mean, he doesn't know what the scriptures say. So right. at best, and yeah, you're right. At worst, he's just, it's a, a dig. Yeah. So, I and mean, then this happens, I mean, this is happening uh, in, in churches, this twist of scripture. I mean, I actually saw a service this past week that somebody tweeted it and it was basically, it was a uh, a congregation in, in Florida, South Florida, and where they uh, had invited um, a drag queen to speak and they were using uh, Paul's commands, uh, instructions in Romans 12 about not being conformed to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind as justification for why this was okay. That does not and make any sense. It doesn't. And I'm like, literally, I was like, have you read? Like, you're just, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's as exact twisting yeah. and it's the exact yeah. opposite of what this means. And I think we, you know, we have to be on guard that we aren't twisting scripture to just justify whatever we want to do, because that really, our culture sees us at the center of the story. The the biblical you know model is God at the center of the story, and mm-hmm. us being conformed to Him mm-hmm. rather than conforming Him to us, and that's the root of this. Yeah, I think you know when it comes to other issues, we talked about you know women's roles. We talked about a few other things over this. Like there is definitely a group who just keep moving more and more towards progressivism and the Bible has got to fit that, that if they want to keep, that's, this is what they're saying. You know, the Bible fits progressivism. And if there's a place where the Bible and the historical traditional interpretation of the Bible doesn't match mm-hmm. uh, progressivism, progressivism wins. And so, uh, yeah. Now on the other side, you know, you have MacArthur's letter uh, written and I think, you know, he, he, <laughs> You know, I have a, I don't like love hate, but you know, I'll use that phrase. I have a love hate relationship with MacArthur because I do appreciate like his willingness to speak to cultural issues and, and just really not bow down, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but also like, I don't, so when you're writing, when, when you're addressing believers and the, and the pastor, like on Sunday morning, like we're speaking to believers, we're speaking to them about the culture. We're speaking to them about the word and what to do with it. But when you start speaking in the public square, whether Mm -hmm. that's social media, that's the government, your audience has changed. And I just don't think that he fully realizes how to engage Mm -hmm. uh, in that square. And I do think that many pastors struggle with that. Like, um, but I don't know that he's modeled that as well as he could, because even, you know, it's an abominate, like you're losing people here. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, stick to the stick to the point you know like don't be reactive as much as you're you know being uh about the don't be about the counter narrative be about the meta meta narrative yeah that's a good point because it you know you do have the context does change and it doesn't change the truth it doesn't change what is true but it does change how you engage because you have a different starting point right you have a different starting point for the conversation yeah you know if you're addressing believers you're addressing people that you agree on a lot of things that there's things you're going to disagree on but if you're addressing the world uh you got to start where they are and engage with the truth and the truth doesn't change. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, back, back to this issue, I mean, you know, and we, we, this issue keeps coming up and it just, it will come up. And I, I do, you know, we've talked before, like if we believe, and I've said this on Facebook, you know, to, to, to my friends who are non-believers one time I said, Hey, just don't you understand why Christians who believe life happens at conception are so passionate about this issue. I'm not saying you believe life happens. Don't you understand? And I, I think like ultimately like that's the question from a human ethics standpoint, like, could this be life? And I, and I, and I think we need to continue to press in. Like if there's debate about it, like 
are we really willing to to play with it could be life and it could not be life? And if so, that's a, just be aware, like public square, like your ethic has changed from mm-hmm. valuing life at all here. And, and, and it goes back to this progressive thing, like, you know, so much of it is the, the, the lifestyle of freedom of those who are having abortions is elevated beyond the chance to survive of, of children, you know, and I know there's some, a few nuances in this, but it's really not as nuanced as mm-hmm. our culture makes it sound. Right. We, yeah, I fully agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that we fully answered this question, but I think we muddy the waters. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're good at that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Cause, because it is, it's, it's just, it's difficult to just, Nail it down. I, I'll, I'll just speak very clearly. I don't know how any professing believer is okay with abortion mm. um, unless it is very clear the baby is not going to survive and the mother is like, you know, or there's some debate there. Like, I, I, I truly don't understand that. I do understand why some women realize I, I can't parent this baby because of the circumstances. And I do believe the church is ready and there's waiting list, mm-hmm. a long waiting list yeah. to adopt these children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's just kind of where I land on that with a lot of grace yes, to people who've, who've grown up in a culture that said it was okay, who made that decision, mm-hmm. and who are now just beginning to think about it. Right. I think, you know, we'll move on. I think what you just hit on right there is so key in all of this. God's grace is sufficient. Yeah. And so we want to make this clearly an us versus them rather than like, no, we want people to see the truth of the gospel and that God's grace is sufficient because we are, we have, we're growing up. Our children are growing up. We are in a culture that says this is fine. And, and it's just, a given, you know, like that's just what people believe. And we have to engage that. We have to, uh, you know, live out the gospel. We have to share the truth and only God is going to change someone's heart. You know, will he use, will he use these arguments? Will he use, uh, you know, like walking with people? Yes. All these things, but truly in this only God can change people's hearts. And so we have to remember that the same grace that, that Mm. saves us and sustains us is available. So, um, all right. So moving on. It's been heavy today. So so this is totally not heavy at all. Okay. All right. So fall festivals this week, we're giving out like Tens of thousands of pieces of candy. Tens of thousands. Uh, so we've got something here, a little game to wrap us up that is totally non-spiritual at all. I mean, I mean, chocolate's kind of spiritual, I guess, if you're a chocolate lover. I don't candy. know. You so know. it's not heavy, but it will make you heavy. That's right. That's right. Mm. So we're going to have a little uh, ultimate uh, candy challenge. You're going to oh, find yeah. out James's opinions. He never has opinions. Somebody's going to leave the church uh, They're going to be like, I they're can't believe be, yeah, you yeah, dissed my candy. So here we go. You can't overthink this. We're bragging challenge. We're going to figure out what is the ultimate candy for fall festival. Like, and you, okay. you get determined, like, is this like, you know, what you think is the most popular or uh, what you will steal out of your kids' bags when they get home? I'm going like, with what is objectively the best. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so we've got some sweets in, in a category and then we've got some chocolate and then they'll come together. Is so, chocolate not sweet? Well, you know what I mean? Like sugary, sugary okay. and then chocolate. All right. Fruity so candy? First up battle, Starburst or Skittles? Mm, regular Skittles or... 
See, these are also flavorful. All There's right. so many choices. <laughs> it's the rainbow of I would say in flavors. general, Starburst. Okay. It's a, it's a texture thing. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So we got Starburst. So next is we've got uh, Nerds mm. versus Laffy Taffy. Oh, Laffy Taffy. Oh my goodness. Because you love Laffy the jokes, Taffy. right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. The great jokes. <laughs> Some good dad so jokes. Good, except for no banana. No banana. Oh yeah, but isn't that funny? That's what's always left I know. in kids' bags. Yeah, I'm like, like, what are they oh, doing? Wow. I think they just have so many left. Is this in the distributed from Satan? Like, <laughs> okay. All right, so moving to the final bracket of those: uh, Starburst versus Laffy Taffy. Oh, okay. Um, let's go with Laffy Taffy. All right, so that's the first final four: Laffy Taffy. All right, yeah. next up. If next Starburst up. were softer, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Laffy always Taffy's feel like so I've like, you know got some fillings in my teeth. I yeah. feel like Starburst always going to come mm. pull them out. Mm. All right, so we got Reese's Pieces versus M and M's. Reese's Pieces. Versus uh, you didn't even have to think that it. No, oh, M and M's. M and M's. What pieces? Reese's, Reese's pieces. Pieces. The little like M M&M and M looking. They ripped I, off M and M's. Now forget this is spiritual. Now. Oh man, that is blasphemy. Oh M and M's. M and M's. There's just too much. Too much. Yeah, all right. Ratio of peanut butter to your bracket. Chocolate. You choose. Okay. So now Snickers versus Hershey's cookies and cream. White chocolate. I'm, I'm snickering that you even tried to put Snickers versus Hershey's cookies and cream white chocolate. All right. So Hers- Hershey's. Yeah. Of course. Those are the best yeah. in my opinion. So now contention for the next final four spot. You've got M&M's versus Hershey's cookies and cream. Your tone made that one hard, <laughs> but I'm still, I am going with Hershey's cookies and cream. Okay. And there's our next Cause, final four. Because M&M's do melt in your hand. That's, they, they <laughs> do. And they, I just, M&M's are yeah, fine, but yeah. there are are almost too sweet. All okay. right, so next, here we go. Back to some sugars. All right, we got sweet some tarts. Sugars. Some sugars. That was some North Georgia talk there. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Give me the sugars. <laughs> uh, sweet tarts versus warhead. So sweet versus oh. sour. I love both of these. I'm going to go with sweet tarts here just because of their popularity, even I, though I do like warheads. Man, I love sweet tarts. I That was yeah. used to, on sweet my drive home from college, I would stop at a gas station and get a big bottle of Coke and sweet tarts. And for like would, two bucks. Now it's like $7 <laughs> for that. No, that's what would get me home. <laughs> I know. All right. And then we have uh, Nestle Crunch. Oh, wait. Uh, no, got to go back over here. Sour Patch Kids or Harbo. Gummy bears. Do you know I love both of these things, but I have to go with Sour Patch Kids. Uh, I I steal the Sour Patch Kids from my kids. So I don't love gummy stuff, but I do like Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, they're just so good. Okay, so final four spot coming down. Sour Patch Kids or Sweet Tarts? That's a good one. I'm going with Sour Patch Kids. Uh, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, I would have gone with Sweet Tarts, but Sour Patch Kids are still good. You have sentimentality there. No judgment. No judgment. All right. Here we go. Nestle Crunch versus Twix. Twix. Twix, yes, hands yeah, down. Yeah. Mm. All right. So next up is Hershey's dark chocolate versus no. Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Ah, there you go. Okay, so now, so I love dark so chocolate. So you didn't put regular Reese's in this thing? Because I just thought Reese's pieces are so superior. You are wrong. Oh, man. I, well, I love Just Reese's a good too. Reese's peanut butter cup? Man. Yeah, that's good. Especially, well. Just, there's an asterisk next to this <laughs> tournament now. <laughs> That's right. All right. So now we got Twix versus Butterfinger for the last last final four spot. Butterfinger. All right. They so are Butterfinger. Delicious. Okay. So now for the chocolates, we've got Butterfinger 
versus Hershey's Cookies and Cream. You know, I really, when I was younger and McFlurry machines worked at McDonald's, but they don't ever anymore. (laughs) I loved the Butterfinger McFlurry. Butterfinger blizzards. Ooh, they have those? Yeah. What? I went there the other day and didn't even see it. Butterfinger blizzard is probably the best thing you've ordered at Dairy Queen. Dang it. There goes. Yeah. A couple pounds. Butterfinger. Butterfinger. All right. There you go. All right. So now for the sweets, we got Skittles. Versus no, you said Sour. Laffy Taffy. Sorry, yeah, Laffy Taffy. Laffy versus Taffy Sour versus Sour Patch Kids. Yikes! Yikes! Oh man, Laffy Taffy. Oh, Laffy Taffy. <laughs> no, it's for the jokes. But the, not banana. bananas sitting on but the bench. Not banana. Though. Banana right, sitting on the bench. So for the final winner, sorry they didn't get to play. In the we've final. got Laffy Taffy versus Butterfinger. Laffy Taffy. Woo! I love Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy. I did not know this I lo- about I, you. I, I especially like the blue raspberry flavored and oh. the cherry. So friends, you want to yeah. get but James Reese's something? peanut butter cups. Would I was about to all. say so, but they bow. They bow at the throne. Reese's peanut Reese's butter peanut cups peanut butter is the left cups. behind of this week. All right, there you go. So there you have it. The ultimate winner really is Reese's peanut butter cups. But uh, the winner of this bracket challenge is Laffy Taffy. So yes. now you guys know what to get, don't, James. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Just I don't huge need it. bags. I don't need it. Uh, <laughs> I don't need it. Reese's and Laffy Taffy. It is past your appreciation months, so but I do not appreciate it. So just get a big old bag it. of Laffy Taffy. I know corny jokes and sour stuff makes me think Man, it, you think Laffy of me. Taffy, that's what we're going to do next. We're just going to have a tournament of Laffy Taffy jokes. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Well. Hey, hey, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Again, if you've got questions, follow up, clarity needed on anything we ask, please send our answer. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we probably asked some questions too. We did, yeah, that's true. need clarity on that too, what were they asking? Uh, please what send did us you mean message. by tool? <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Join All us right. next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.